Hey everyone, welcome to Late Inning Pressure Situations, Lips, a podcast brought to you by two cousins who are Houston Astros super fans. We talk about everything baseball, including what's up with our favorite players, game highlights, and our and your most cherished Astros moments. Hello, welcome to episode 10 with Asi and Nena. This hey. is This is Lips. If you didn't know, <laughs> I'm sure you know by now. Happy Thanksgiving. I hope everybody's full of turkey and tamales and whatever else you're able to eat at your house. I like how you assume that everybody had tamales at their Thanksgiving. I mean, all I don't, listeners did. I feel sorry for you if you didn't. That's all I have to say. I, I don't know how you Thanksgiving <laughs> without it. <laughs> we are very lucky to have a special guest with us today. We have been very excited about this episode and we're so excited. Do you want to introduce? Yes. Uh, today, our special guest is my dad. Um, we're going to be interviewing him, um, just kind of chatting about origins is the title of our episode. So talking about, um, his origins in baseball, ours, and just looking at how baseball has changed over the years and it's affected us. Welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm glad glad to be here. I'm honored. (laughs) We're glad that you are our first, uh, real interview. We had, um, you're going to, I hope, I know. Is Lisa going to hear that? She, she might. I don't know. She was was a guest. (laughs) Okay, you can say that. We had a guest. She was our first guest. Yes, yes. And then He's our first, first real interview. interview. Yeah. So, um, we're excited to have you. Are you excited to be here? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we know that this is your favorite podcast. Is that correct? That is correct. All right. We got that. And, and on top of that, just talking Astros is just cool. It's fun, it's right? It's fantastic. See, though. that's why we keep doing this because it's so much fun. Even there's no there's no games to talk about right now, but there's a, still a lot going on. There is if you're me and when you're telecommuting for your background noise, you put on old playoff games. Then there's always games to oh, watch. Ah, yeah. Astros in the background. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Astros in the foreground, Astros in the background. That's what you do. Hashtag obsessed. <laughs> do you want to ask first question. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. So we have some questions. So I guess, dad, if you can just tell us, um, just a little bit about your relationship with baseball in early years, how did you get into being a baseball fan? That's a great question. And a little bit long. So bear with me. Go for it. So, um, our barrio and you literally got to call it a barrio where we were raised at, um, was very Hispanic and maybe one or two kids played organized baseball, that is Little League or Babe Ruth or something. And those kiddos tended to have the one bat, Mm -hmm. the one glove, and maybe two baseballs. And, you know, when you're younger, you do play a little baseball because there's no internet, nothing. You're not not playing games indoors. Everything's outdoors. But what's interesting is that those kids got to pick the teams and got to make the rules. Mm -hmm. And I was never athletic, so I never really got picked. It was I sort of waiting it out to make the rules. But... Because it was never really organized baseball, you don't really know baseball yeah. mm. the way we think of baseball today with all the rules. And I'll give you a perfect example. Um, I think it was a game that I went with one of my um, other fellows that, uh, in, in my um, specialty training in oncology. We went to a baseball game, I think maybe the Astros, he and I and his sons and Jose, I think, my son. Uh, I mean, during the games, one of the players for the Astros or possibly the other, other team was hitting foul ball after foul ball after foul ball. And I go, wait, time out. Isn't three foul balls an out? <laughs> That's and, awesome. he, and he looks at me like, what the heck is wrong with you? That's how we played it in the barrio. Because <laughs> if you didn't, 
then nobody got a chance to get up there and bat either. So, right, yeah. so organized baseball, not knowing all the rules, was something that I didn't actually know. Yeah. I had to sort of learn later on to do it. And then baseball as a whole was not a sport that was played a lot. So, so football, certainly not soccer. That was like, forget about it. But football was big. And so I said, it wasn't that big. But the way that I kind of got into baseball was through my sister. Mm-hmm. My mom. <laughs> Your mom, Sister Mary. So I started, you know, very busy in high school because I'm both working um, half a day and going to high school up a day. Then jump into going to undergraduate school. Again, I'm working most of that time and then going to medical school. So those, you know, 14, 15, 18, whatever these years are, are busy. But every time I come home, Aunt Mary, your Aunt Mary or your mom Mary is watching the Astros or the Cowboys, one of the two. And we had one black and white TV, an old Curtis Mathis that stood up there, and it was under her command. Period. She's going to make you the rules. She was the oldest girl of all the the kids. Yeah, and my older brother by then was already off to to Vietnam, and he really never was into sports the way she was. In fact, I don't think anybody kind of was. My two brothers, my older brother and my younger brother, were football players. Mm-hmm. They were just football players, but not baseball. Yeah. And here she knew baseball and football, and you'd get there and she'd say, Well, that's so and so. His bad never stood it up. So she introduced me to baseball in a way that I had not really done so throughout all those years because growing up in the barrio, it just wasn't organized baseball. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I would come and learn from her. Mm-hmm. And even when she was married, Y'all were watching baseball. Oh yeah. oh yeah. This is this is all super interesting because I mean you would think from growing up like Mexico and then y'all are first generation over here that you would have that soccer right. experience. I mean, because it's such a soccer country and you didn't. And then on top of it, you learn sports from a woman. <laughs> right, right. It's a very American yeah. sport. And then yeah, and then it's not your brothers that are teaching you yeah. rules. And we were already over here when we, when I was born. So I was mm-hmm. the first born in this country. So we sort of left those roots uh, early on. And, you know, you, in your effort to assimilate into a new country, sports is a part of the assimilation process. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's no, no doubt about that. But again, my, my brothers were all football guys and not baseball. But she taught us and she knew the players and the stats and she knew the rules very well. Uh, and she would sort of teach us during those moments when I got to watch it. And she made me an Astro fan. Mm, that's so cool. And I became a great fan of those those two sports teams. We won't talk about the other ones. <laughs> but because of it. Now, what's even more interesting is that as the years go by, even though she has passed, if I visit relatives in Mexico, you would think they're watching soccer. They are not. They're watching extras. And the Cowboys. They're watching those because two teams. Mary, wow. Whether it's Hen Mary or not, I don't know. But they're watching the Astros. Wow, and, that is cool. And uh, my mother's older sister, she and her family didn't come to this country until very late, maybe the late 80s or so. They lived out in the valley, and we're visiting them. And my uncle, who's retired by then, sort of a heavy set gentleman, but he only has one station. The Astros. Mm-hmm. And he's never watched the Astros before until he came to the States, mm. but forget soccer, it's the Astros again. Now that wasn't an influence of hers, that was just an influence of also sort of Hispanic right. cheering, because there's, yeah. there's no pro teams between here and the Valley, 
in baseball. Mm -hmm. There's minor league teams, but there's no pro teams. Right. Mm -hmm. And even the minor league team, Corpus Christi, is an Astro farm. So it's all because they're Astros again. So that's a beautiful sign of that whole Hispanic culture. And I'm telling you, all the way deep into Mexico. Yeah, just embracing. It's embracing. That's why the Astros like to play in Mexico every now and then. Because they know they have right. huge fans huge under numbers. again. That's but awesome. yeah, our sister taught us the game. Right. It's really interesting because I know there's been some some people not liking that Jim Crane just bought the Skeeters for a AAA team. Oh, yeah. well, you've limited your reach to just Houston. You're not out at Round Rock or things like that. But I never thought of it that way. Some of those fans are thinking about our reach to North, but here we are so powerful in our reach further South. south you know so that's a really interesting point to yeah. think about it, it's like you said we are the sole representative yeah. for it well if you think about how diverse houston is anyway right. and then to include more of our south of the south is amazing is right. well baseball is so special in mexico mm-hmm. it's a it's a huge game now and they have a professional league and there is one team in laredo in our Laredo, not Nova Laredo, our Laredo, who's a part of the Mexican national Oh, wow. It's baseball. like Toronto. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And we never talk about it. But the right. reason is, is because those fans in Laredo are just as rabid as we are right. about oh. baseball again. Did you have these experiences in Texas and in California as well? Or was it, you feel like you... A lot of your baseball experiences were here in Texas because of the Astros. So California was a little bit different because we were there only as migrant workers. Mm-hmm. And so that was, there, that was in the 60s, and so I was quite young. And one year, I think it was 1967, the first true migrant camp we were at had a small school. And that was to help take care of the kids while the parents and the older siblings went to go work. Uh, and, and I was still quite young, so I hadn't quite got a job yet. I got a job a few weeks later. But early on, they decided to have a field trip from Los Banos, California, where we were at, to San Francisco to go watch the San Francisco Giants play. Now, my younger brother and I went, and we had never even thought about a baseball game. Mm-hmm. A professional game was just out of the question. I mean, we, we, we couldn't attend a game at our local high school because we didn't, couldn't afford it. So go to a professional game this age was phenomenal. And our parents quickly said, yeah, go, it'd be a good experience for y'all. When we got there, we just, we were overwhelmed. We knew nothing. Yeah. I did not have any idea who Willie Mays, mm. here I am at this age looking back thinking, I watched Willie Mays when I was a kid. Yeah. But at that point, right. I just didn't know enough yeah. to know anything about right. it. And, and at that point, neither, neither did my sister Mary, your mom. We, we just didn't know enough. Right. And so when we got back in that game, and it was a great outing and so on, they asked how did it go. I said, yeah, it was okay. Because we just didn't know enough to... Looking back now, I have to often tell myself, maybe I was at that game when he made that spectacular over the back. Right, because he can't remember what he was. Because who knows? <laughs> For the purposes of the podcast, you were. <laughs> it was the best game to ever Right. Looking back on that and go, whoa, that was really special. Wow, that's so cool. Right. Well, it also really cements this concept of it being a very American game. Yeah. You know, here he was a migrant worker living in this community of migrant workers they're all speaking Spanish, a lot of them coming with the motivation to come to this country, specifically this. And this is the outing they take you to a mm-hmm. very American thing. To and clearly, those like, counselors or teachers were also assimilated enough that right. baseball was 
I mean, they picked it for them. They didn't pick it for us. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, that's smart. <laughs> I think the kids said, let's go to the baseball game because right. I love like baseball. So. <laughs> and they introduced us to that part of it again. So that was an early introduction that I did not know enough to appreciate until my sister began saying, let's go to a professional game in Houston to the Astrodome. Mm-hmm. And it was her mm-hmm. that you could look back and say, oh, wow, I attended a professional game when I was young. But she's the one that introduced us to that whole part of it. Gotcha. Which was great. Yeah. So yeah, that, that goes back a long, long way to that. But, but, but even then, you know, I didn't understand organized baseball. Right. I didn't know the rules enough. Yeah. These are barrios. If we played barrio versus barrio, we still made up the rules. Yeah, <laughs> of course. That's a good luck. That reminds me of the, the documentary on Jose Altuve. Did y'all see that? Yeah. Um, where he, they had a broomstick and bottle caps, and that's how they played baseball wow. in, in Venezuela because they didn't have the equipment for anything yeah, else. Yeah, so the, so. the, the, the New York stick game. Yeah. The street New York stick game, right? With yeah. a little bitty tiny ball and one big yeah. stick, and you play it that way. Mm-hmm. That's how yeah. we learned. And then you just think like, okay, well, that's why you're so good because you play with bottle caps. That's yeah. true. Yeah, yeah I had coordination. Yeah. yeah. And it's this interesting thing about playing baseball, but it's all in Spanish, mm-hmm. you know, kind yeah. of thing like that. So... You get that's really cool. Oh, sorry, I can't. I can't see. Hold on, we have questions. Um, so did like when when Aunt Mary or when my mom first told you about like playing and stuff, and you started to get interesting. Were there any players that you uh, attached to right away? Yeah. So so once you once you do that, and you start going to the games with her, particularly to the Astrodome, which was a massive field. It was, yeah. it was a it was a kind of a difficult place to watch baseball, to be honest with you. But it was very historic. Um, called you know the eighth wonder of the world and so on. Um, and she kind of took us to the first game or two, which is really early on. And you, you begin to sort of learn a little bit, and you have a little bit of pride in yourself. So you're definitely going to attach yourself to someone like, say, Jose Cruz. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Although not Mexican, mm-hmm. the name's so Hispanic mm-hmm. that you attach yourself to those kinds of, of players. And you yeah. say, well, your pride goes along with that whole Hispanic heritage. And baseball, truly one of the sports that didn't necessarily integrate until you know Jackie Robertson, but thereafter integrated across the board, very right. global. Right. And yeah. and now it's so beautiful because you have Korean players, Japanese players, very very global. So early on, you're you're sort of grabbing onto that. So we go to the Astrodome's kind of in that whole era, but there's nothing like the name, the one name that we sort of just went. Now it's Nolan Ryan. Oh. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So you, you, we always kind of kick ourselves because every game we went to that he played didn't win and we wanted him to win or, or, <laughs> you know, or pitch a shot out or a no-hitter because you don't make those games. But the reason you do is because he's from Alvin, Texas. Right. A, a community the size of Port Lovaca where we grew up at. Yeah. And you sort of said that's like a fellow son. It's like mm-hmm. a... And he's sort of guiding you into that whole situation. So you really grabbed on to someone like that. And you just followed him with a passion that he wouldn't believe. So a little bit later on was a pitcher named Drayback. Doug Drayback. Doug Drayback. You and Doug Drayback, <laughs> Doug Drayback is from Victoria, Texas. Oh, wow. It's down the street. It's down the street from Port Lavaca again. So as you go by, you're not just attacking yourself to a cultural tie to the Astros. Mm. You sort of have a local tie. Yeah. And you sort of say, you know, forget the idea, the mm-hmm. concept of cultural. These are these are local guys that you're cheering for and so on. Kevin Bass was very popular over the years. That guy was very popular. I didn't get a chance to see a JR. 
um, the, the famous pitcher J.R. Richards. I didn't get a chance to see him again. And I don't think we, the, the Astro community, got to appreciate him until after. Mm, after right. we, so you sort of look back and say, that was pretty special. Mm-hmm. And we weren't really appreciative at those times again. So, yeah, there was players that you sort of grabbed onto and you sort of follow it and you, you kind of... I, I never had time to sort of do the stats thing. I yeah. never had anything like that. But she did. Yeah. And so even when I would come visit to the house, I would say, hey, how are the Astros doing? And what's the, what's the you know, uh, what's the, not just the score for a game in particular, but how, how's the season going and so on. And, and of course, remember, the Astros didn't get into the World Series. For a while. <laughs> for, for a very long not time. In, not in her lifetime. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So you just followed this team that you know was somewhat mediocre, but they did the best they can and they would kind of... It would be a little tantalizing that maybe they were going to make a playoff that year and they never quite yeah, get there right. and, and so on. So baseball is also very different then. You start the pitchers win to the ninth inning. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That was kind of some things we were talking about and prepping for, for this, you know, especially with this year. You know, they say the pandemic was the reason for a lot of these rule changes, but you get the sense Manfred wants these things to stay. You know, a reliever has to face three batters and a runner on second and extra innings, those kinds of things. But we wanted to know, like, kind of your thoughts where we're headed, what it's been like to see these rules change, change over, over the game, especially now, basically what you just described, not, not even well, knowing I, that. I, I mean, we, we, we have to evolve. Right. That's a part of, of the science of playing and, and protecting your players. And I, I think it's difficult to have someone throw 140 pitches whether they like it or not, because you're paying this much money because right. you blow out their arms. Mm-hmm. It's a different world where we're now throwing 100 miles an hour versus then you could throw in the 80s, but you just move the ball around uh, a la the Atlanta Braves. That mm-hmm. Their two famous pitchers were just because they could move the ball around and they were fast. So the, the baseball in that situation for pitchers has really drastically mm-hmm. changed. Mm-hmm. So I get it. Uh, I get the idea that you have to protect those, those players in that way. You've invested millions of dollars now into 300 million dollars for Gary uh, Cole, Gary right, Cole. Yeah. He's a, so you're going to say you know I'm going to pitch you seven innings at most because I got to protect your arm because I got so much invested in you so I get that I, I never have necessarily thought one way or the other about three batters versus one batter all that's the chess mm-hmm. of chess baseball to me yeah. that's just the chess of playing the game again so make your rules is my chess team against your chess team. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Uh-huh. That's how baseball is. In fact, baseball, we used to talk about, uh, again, in particular with my friend that was a fellow with me, um, it's the most difficult game to introduce to a foreigner because mm-hmm. there's too many possibilities. Mm-hmm. If someone gets on first base, what do you do? Right. You can try to throw them out. You can throw the pitch. You can fake yeah. it. You can turn. All these things, and that has evolved now mm-hmm. because now you, you have this whole thing that you, you got to come to a stop before you can throw. None of that was around back then. Mm-hmm. I mean, Cobb was spiking people. Right, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> was again. So there's an evolution to the game that's quite beautiful, but it's a very complicated game because there's so many possibilities mm-hmm. on a given play. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, I think I heard McCullers say that one time in a, in a podcast that he did with, I think, Colin McHugh. I know it. <laughs> well, I branched out once, once, once. Um, and he said that in this day and age, with all the technology, and to be and to still be a good pitcher is so difficult because the batters have all the advantage. They have they know your signs, they know your pit, they know what's coming, and it's just so hard to be a good pitcher these days. 
And that history is really impressive because when Roger Maris broke the record, and, and that was way back in the 60s or whatever it was for Babe Ruth, and he broke that record for Babe Ruth, the commissioner immediately said, expand right. the strike zone because mm -hmm. we don't want to see this many home runs for nobody. Exactly. Right. Mm -hmm. So there you go. Baseball evolved for a specific reason to change right. it. Yeah. And now we're back to, I think it's very difficult to say this player is as good as that player from way back then. Mm -hmm. That I'll make up a name. Alex Rodriguez is the best hitter next to Babe Ruth. I, I just don't think it's because... It's not apples and apples. It's not apples and apples. apples. It's yeah. just so right. very different to do. Right. In a lot of ways, that's the beauty of the game. Mm -hmm. This is our baseball for our generation now. Mm -hmm. And you're playing against everybody else with the same set of rules. Mm -hmm. And I'm fine with it. Mm -hmm. I don't think it takes away from the beauty of this incredible game. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, some things like the bat, the runner on second and extras, because the motivation is make it a shorter game, it doesn't even work that way. Those ones, I, I don't mind the, the, what is the one that I like? I, oh, man. The three, the yeah, the, there was ones, there are a couple that he changed that I actually didn't mind. I don't, During the pandemic the changes? Double header, the double header. The double header. The one, you know, now in double header, each game is only seven innings. That one I actually kind of like because yeah. it makes sense for the health of the players yeah. as much as I would love to see a lot of baseball you're still seeing 14 in right? I mean I would yeah. say that those you appreciate those things differently as you age because mm -hmm. I like to go to bed by 10pm right. <laughs> I like that guy on second base let's <laughs> finish this game let's go When I was younger, I could stay up all night. No big deal. But These, those West Coast games kill you. Oh, too. They're tough. It's they're funny tough. because when I worked for the Astros as an usher, when you go as a fan, you're thinking, look at this extra baseball I got I yeah. didn't pay for. But as an usher, I was like, just lose. I don't even care. Because, yeah. you know, you're the usher, you get there two, three hours early. You yeah. only get to sit down for your 30-minute lunch. And then, let's say, you know, we're, it's a home game. So top of the night, we get to go sit. So that way, as soon as the game's over, we can pop up. Mm -hmm. But sometimes we've been standing for six hours. Yeah. So when the game goes into extras, you can yeah. we'll look at each other. Oh, and, just and, lose it. <laughs> and truthfully, baseball has been talking about how long the game is for a long oh, time. Yeah. We've been talking yeah. about this at least two decades, about the game is too long. Oh, I love it. It, it, it challenges people to sit there and watch it, it for a long time. So baseball themselves have been saying, how do we speed the game up a little bit? So it wouldn't surprise me too much that they do begin talking about right. some of these rules from the pandemic staying in place. It wouldn't surprise me at all. I think it does, though, depend, like, if you have a winning team, you know, you have fans who are going to stay and buy more beer and yeah. buy more food because your team is so good. You have a contending team, whereas if you have a losing team, you're barely filling the well, stadium. Let me ask you this one. I mean, you're now experiencing this idea that the manager can only come out so many times. Yes. The manager and the catcher uh -huh. can stop it so many times. Yeah. Has that been bad? I I don't no. think it's been noticeable. Um, I think they should give a little bit more maybe in the World Series. That's what I think. Like the more yeah. important games, but so for a regular season game, I don't think it's... I feel game. like, and I completely agree, I feel like especially in the World Series, a lot of these newer rules just shouldn't be there at all. Because it's a part of the game to have someone come and yeah, pitch I, to one back. I, I, I definitely agree those games were pretty important. Um, but during the season itself, 160-some-odd games, right. yeah. yeah, you can shorten it by 30 seconds. Let's do it. Right. <laughs> like if we're playing 
you know, like, well, I was going to say the Marlins, but now they're kind of good. If we're playing, like, the Angels or the Mariners, a game that's... Or the Rangers, <laughs> thank you. That's really not of a consequence. If we You want to win it, of course, but if you lose and, and now you're seeing the Rangers try to make it competitive, yeah. no, like, come on now. It's not going to matter to your record. Yeah. We're, let's just go. Let's just yeah. end it. So some of I think I'm, I'm fairly comfortable with. Yeah. I'm okay that they do go ahead and make some changes that way. And, and again... As we change generationally, the sport evolves too. Mm-hmm. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. So over the years that you've been watching baseball, what what do you what era do you think has been mm. your favorite, like of the Astros? I might have to say the Killer Bees was, was they just They were so good. Just, they were it was just, I mean, and they were also one of those teams that just teases you and teases you yeah. and teases you. And then you know, you go to the World Series and it's four games and you're out. <laughs> we were talking about it earlier, it's just such an emotional drain on you. Mm-hmm. Um, but by then I'm older, I know that you can hit as many foul balls as you want. <laughs> I've learned that. So it's, it's a little easier to watch the game when you kind of learn the rules. And, and, and you might recall, I also began watching the Astros and I would take a scorecard with me and I would try to keep, keep the score. Okay. That was to teach myself a little bit more about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would sometimes have to say, ask my sister, so... So wait, why was that a wild? Why was this a wild pitch? Wasn't a pass ball? Why would I was asking her? Then we would wait to see what the scoreboard shows to see how we got it mm-hmm. and how we approached it mm-hmm. again. So th- that was a ton of fun, and we were growing out of that whole Nolan Ryan, Kevin Bass, and that era into the the Killer B eras again. But no doubt, winning yeah. the World Series has been. And I'm sorry, my sister missed it a lot. She must be looking down from heaven and realizing that her astros. They did it. They did it. They did it. <laughs> so long. Yeah. Our so good. Yeah. yeah. No, so, the, the 90s were such a good time for, for baseball. It I was. Think and you was. transitioned out of the Astrodome into Minute Maid. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and sort of for christening Minute Maid was very, very special. Mm-hmm. I, I wanted to go to the, the first game. I didn't get to go. I didn't get tickets, but I tried because I thought this was going to be a very memorable time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's a beautiful ballpark. I mean, when I was an usher, you know, some fans, would, they were fans who were traveling Always, I would hear from those fans. This is one of the best ballparks I've been to, mm-hmm. and I've been to ten of them. I've been to fifteen. This yeah. one is so beautiful. It's it's fun for the fans. Always compliments mm-hmm. on our ballpark. And I nice. think if you look around now, that other teams are beginning to copy. They are. Mm-hmm. That the what what they're building now, Arlington mm-hmm. and those teams, they're building sort of a minute made time. Because right. the experience the experience is very different than many of they was the Astrodome. Yeah. I mean, just to go to the bathroom in, in Nashville was a mile. Right, right. <laughs> it was difficult to, 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 to get a snack and so on. Mm-hmm. It was difficult. And you couldn't always hear in the Astrodome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it wasn't because someone wasn't... It's because the place was, was this dome and the, and the noise was yeah. just so loud. Yeah. So you couldn't quite hear what was really happening in the, in the game. And you were a great distance away from, from the field. Minimate has changed all that. Yeah. So, yeah. It's, so it, you don't take away from the experiences you had there because it was memorable. But no doubt, baseball has found a way to make the experience of going to the game mm-hmm. a much more inviting and enjoyable mm-hmm. than before. Mm-hmm. I agree. The it would it still would have been cool to see a World Series played in the Astrodome, though. It would have been. It would have, yeah, for sure, it for sure. Just to kind of cement that. Yeah. Well, and also what mm-hmm. the judge did in his, I mean, because not even just minute made. You know, with the judge kind of forming the Astros, his his whole shtick was entertainment mm-hmm. because it is an entertainment business, mm-hmm. and I, and I feel like he was kind of the Astros. 
themselves were kind of the beginning of that for not just baseball but for sports mm-hmm. how i mean jerry jones is in the business of entertainment maybe that's why he doesn't care that he's not winning but it doesn't matter if he's not winning he still makes all this money from all this entertainment yeah business. i mean all sports is all of a big business but on the other hand it's a big business to them it's entertainment to us mm-hmm. as fans mm-hmm. and you get attached to this entertainment it's entertainment sure. you don't mind paying a ton of money to oh, go yeah. tickets were Nine bucks to fifteen bucks, and now they're forty-five bucks to one hundred and forty-five exactly. bucks. Yeah. It's a big difference, and that I don't think that takes into account for for you know just the increase of money, the, the cost of living. I, th- I just think that it's gone up because people enjoy more and want to go, and they'll right. pay go. Right. Well, especially when you have a contending team, yeah, you can win. You can charge exactly because you have fans who are going to go just because. Well, that's my. I'm Houston, and my team's winning. Even though I've never. Yeah. I'm not even watching the game, but I'm going to pay to sit yeah. here. And, and that, that's the hard part about World Series. is like people like us who love to go right. to games and have followed every single moment. Yeah. Baseball's a very difficult game. And when you win a World Series, it does a lot for the you know the pocket of the owners, and that's perfectly fine. He owns them, or they own them. Um, but what happens is that uh, for the next generation or so, we will follow them religiously, win or lose. Oh yeah. Yes. But they but winning for the World Series is so incredibly hard. Right. So we're gonna have some losing seasons ahead oh, of for us. Sure. But we're still gonna be very attached to them because they won one. Right, for sure. It's gonna be for sure. I mean the this uh, just as sort of a parallel, the, the, the New Orleans Saints, when people were literally wore bags over their faces, is a thing of the past because they right. won a Super Bowl. And everybody's into them. Mm-hmm. They haven't won one since. Right. <laughs> haven't gone yeah. one since. They right. won during Katrina, right? Yeah, they did. And for us, Harvey, for us, you know, yeah. so it's more emotional. Yeah. Um, I think more people, are invest, more people were invested in it. It's, yeah. it's nice to see kind of how you talked about that sense of community of this player from being Victoria and Nolan Ryan being from, from Alvin. It's something that you inherently know the fact that it happened during Harvey that even if I don't, we don't know most of the people who live in Houston, but we mm-hmm. all know we all went through Harvey. And we were very lucky living in yeah. Houston and Katie Lee Jackson not being hit hard. But we know people who were, or we saw it with her eyes. And so it's nice to, even more so, like you said, have it in every facet. Okay, well, as a Latinx individuals, or as Houstonians, mm-hmm. or, you know, and now as people who've been through this very big thing together, it's mm-hmm. another way we built community through the Astros. And it's kind of nice to have that. Yeah, and, and uh, I don't know if they still do it, uh, <clears throat> but um, one of my friends, the anesthesiologist, Dr. Martinez, became very close friends with Jose Cruz. They were both from Puerto Rico. You're telling us now. And, <laughs> and so they started. Yeah, the Astros have this fundraiser for Latin American countries' baseball teams and, and the youth baseballs and so on. Um, it's fantastic, and they do a lot of fundraisers. And, and I went uh, to a couple of those with those two guys. Mm-hmm. In fact, I purchased a few things. One of those I have hanging on my wall, the Tiger Woods autographed um, mm-hmm. for on Pebble Beach at the Astros. <laughs> but, but I thought it was fantastic what they were doing for underprivileged mm-hmm. countries that aren't anywhere near as organized in baseball as we are. Mm-hmm. I think the Astros deserve a ton of credit for that. Yeah, yeah. And if they're still doing it, you know, we, we should applaud that mm-hmm. a lot and, and, and try to help out when we can. Yeah. Because yeah. they're very, very special. Yeah, that's awesome. And like the player, the players even going home and contributing to their little communities too mm-hmm. is such a big deal. Mm-hmm. And that we keep investing in those types of players is, is nice. 
Right. I mean, in essence, they're taking our money to invest into theirs. So, so yeah, that they should. Yeah, take it. I mean, this is charity. <laughs> That's what I tell myself when I bought the cutouts. <laughs> That's pretty scary. It's scary when you was, but it's like, oh, sure, I can afford this. No. <laughs> so one thing we, we talk a lot amongst the three of us, um, and I've heard you kind of talk about it too, Dad, is what it's like, you know, you have two daughters and a son, and both your daughters are very heavily into sports. But Hasez, he follows. He played a little baseball, but it's not uh, tennis. I think is his yeah. thing, but it's not as much. So, kind of maybe discuss a little bit about the, uh, well, your influence. Uh, I, and then also <laughs> Nana, Lisa, Lisa, have you met memories? I mean, I, not, I, I know you say my mom, but ours are because of you. So. Well, that's kind of you say it, but it's very jovial for me because I often joke about it to to my colleagues and my peers. I said, yes. The women in my life, my sisters, nieces, and daughters, are great sports fans, way more than the men are. <laughs> and I learned my baseball from the women in my life, not so much. So it's been this real sense of pride for me. Yeah. I boast about it. I have one daughter who just really is into baseball, one who loves baseball, but really is into football. college football and basketball and so on. And she plays fantasy football league and so on. And my son, of course, he, he does enjoy tennis and soccer but not so much organized baseball or football in any way. Won't follow the team. Won't follow his college teams. Like they don't have the emotion tied to it again. But the girls do. And I often ask myself, was that my influence? My <laughs> sister's influence? Or how did that happen? But we were always having a sports station going on the TV. Yeah. You know, I was yeah. watching it and my sister, your mom would come off and we'd come to visit. If we yeah. didn't go to the game from here, We'd come just to watch something in my house yeah. or when we'd go to her house. So, and she was a big part of our lives when we were raising the kids. Mm-hmm. Were, she was very close to the kids. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, even if I wanted to go stay with her for a while, you were watching... Astros always around. <laughs> you were watching yeah. Astros yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so that's a big part of it. But I do, I am a little, I try not to be boastful in life, but I do boast about it. <laughs> And I'm carrying it on with my kid too. That's yeah. true. Yeah. And, and that's her. Uh, that's that's her legacy. It's just love. Yeah. Part of her legacy, just other legacies, but that's a part of it. Yeah. Is having us Yeah, when you think about it, because you're pausing to enjoy something. Yeah. And life is about having a little bit of joy and happiness in your life. Right. Yeah. And that that following the team is a lot of joy that goes with it. Yeah. Uh, and that she taught us that. Yeah. Pause, just, sit down, take a break from life. Yeah, it's such a great outlet too. Just enjoy yeah, sports. Well, I mean, until well, October, then <laughs> now actually I'm more stressed than normal. But it is. I mean, we kind of talked about it in, in one of previous episodes. Is you for 2017 for me, and you know, having that. Oh, you go to a game and here's three hours where I don't have to think about yeah all these other stress in my life. And that's sometimes that's when you wish for extra innings. That's another mm-hmm. hour I don't have to think about. Mm-hmm. I just think about baseball. And you sit there and you feel that connection to, oh, I can't, we'll, we'll take a picture. And we're like, oh, God, text dad. I got to send yeah. dad this picture. Or we'll say, oh, what if Aunt Mary had been here to see yeah. this? So yeah. it's, it's nice to... I don't know if you guys have the same experience, especially when you're there. You feel like you're carrying all of the history of the game in you. Oh, or yes. your own, like you said, the lineage of your mm-hmm. history with the game. You know, I'm sitting there thinking, oh, yeah, like my, my dad in the 60s as a migrant worker is going to see this. Yeah. That I feel like that's part of your your baseball genetics, yeah. you know. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's very well put. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. And, and so that's passed out for generation. And there's these family histories throughout the country where someone passes their tickets 
to right. generation to generation. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, in, in essence, we didn't pass down season tickets, but we are passing down the love and passion for mm -hmm. this game that give, brings us joy and happiness. Right. And, and oftentimes brings the family together. Yes, yeah. I yeah. mean, there's a World Series game and you can't go, can we go? Can some of us get together and watch the game? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a family unity. Mm -hmm. That's a bond that ties you to that. Yeah, yeah. Y'all are fortunate because you have the idea that October is stressful. We never had <laughs> It was only it was only before September. Stressful through the break, so have fun. What you stressed out on your poor thing? That's no, but that's true about about it I mean, is. you're not gonna there are a lot of things to fight about in a family, you're not gonna fight over your favorite Yeah, person. that's very, very It's very, very true. bonded. Yeah. It's very, very bonded in that sense. That's pretty cool. Well, yeah. if you ever want to pass down season tickets, we're not gonna argue <laughs> with that. Especially the diamond. <laughs> enough, several of my physician friends who are big Astros fans too many of them have season tickets and oftentimes they're trying to give tickets away because mm -hmm. trying to make 80 something games is hard. Hard. very challenging right. and so oftentimes I would get tickets to the cardiologist or the emergency room physician that would and say great I'll take them and we'll you know yeah. think I've given y'all some that way too having friends who have um, um, cheer for other teams and then having access to say the Boston Red Sox when I got mm -hmm. you and assessing tickets to yeah. to see that game too is yeah. is real real cool. Yeah, that's yeah. A story. And, and I, I gotta say, you know, uh, appreciate the game enough to where we can appreciate visiting another stadium. Yes, yeah, that's a good, good point. Deal. Yeah, I mean, when a we, nice and then when we went as a family to Boston, you know, Fenway tour was on the list. Yeah, yeah. yes. We're doing Fenway. This is historical. This is before Fenway became. It had to reach a hundred years before it could become a historical monument. And uh, I was there, again, with my friend. We were doing a conference there. And so we went to go watch Fenway during a playoff game. And we got tickets, and we were, were, were back behind first base. And, and these are the old seats. Mm -hmm. And these are absolutely miserable. They're tiny. They're <laughs> tiny, and it's a row of about 50. And we got middle, and you got to go to the bathroom. <laughs> and you got to pass through everybody who's mm -hmm. trying to eat their hot dog. And you can't really squeeze by between the, the, the person and the seat in front of them. Yeah. It's a real tough way to watch the game because you sort of cross your legs and hang in there and watch the game yeah. going into the bathroom. But the history of the place and, and having them the tour with, with you and Jose and Mom, uh, maybe Andy was with us too, it, it's, just, it's just really beyond special. It is. Yeah. It is. It's, a, it's a beautiful stadium. My, my husband and I went, before we got married, we were in Boston to visit family. And um, we made it three innings in those tiny seats before you like yeah, so lots to roll around. <laughs> well, my experience was in a box, so oh. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a Dunkin' Donuts box, as I recall. Yes, it was. Yeah, yeah. that's how. Uh, yeah, the side stories that is mom and dad. Their priest grew up with the COO of Dunkin' Donuts. The Stooge is how they called him, and Hassan was living there, and. So Father Jim says, okay, let me ask the Stooge. And Stooge, you know, so graciously that comes back. Amazing. Yeah, I got two tickets for you in their Dunkin' Donuts box. That is. Yeah. So when we were doing the tour the other day in the box, I was like, I've been at the Fenway lines. <laughs> okay, that's a hashtag blessed sort. Yeah, it is. But to think about something, someone like, like Fenway, someplace like Fenway, the stadiums are magnificent. But Fenway, what it allows you to do is to say, there's a hundred years of history. Right. Yes, this is baseball. But something else was happening during that yeah. year. Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, let's just take World War II, and I don't know if they did it in World War I, but World War II, they were pausing the games, or they were having of a ladies' professional mm -hmm. team to play and sit to entertain them. 
So during those years someone's playing this baseball history, but this world history, national history ongoing too. So baseball allows you to pause, think about baseball history and the history that happened that year as well. That's cool. And that's the idea that you can relate to baseball. Oftentimes if you ask yourself, can I look back on my life and name, go back to each year that I was alive and go over the history of that year, and we struggle. Mm -hmm. But you might remember a baseball game. That's true. <laughs> Right. So it allows you to relate back to that year in that sense. That's very true, yeah. And, and say, well, oh, there's a history of that. And then that takes off and you can become tangential, get away from baseball and remember the history of that year for you as well. So baseball does allow you to do that because it has seen its historical epics, mm -hmm. Jackie Robertson and so on, not having that first American baseball that very professional men play in, in the actual league itself is mm -hmm. pretty incredible. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. So of all the stadiums that you've seen and players that you've seen, is there anything on your bucket list? Of yeah, so, so a lot of them still are. Um, again, I was in Chicago for a conference one time. It was bitterly cold. And the Chicago White Sox, this is during uh, Bo, um, uh, was a football player. Uh, Bo's, uh, not we'll think of his name. Jackson. Yeah, Bo Jackson. Yeah. Bo Jackson was playing. The White Sox made uh, the, uh, uh, the playoffs that year. And so we sneak out of the conference and go get tickets. And it is bitterly cold in Chicago. I mean, it is horrifically cold. And we were not prepared for that. I had on a little overcoat and you know, a little sweater. We were just freezing. It was, but we were there watching the game. It was a lot of fun and so on. And we look around and everybody else is like calm, cold, and collected. And we're just sitting with you going, oh my God, this is freezing. We're just what the heck's going on? As you look, everybody has a flask. <laughs> We forgot the antifreeze. So, so what happens is when you go to these stadiums is you learn the tricks. The yeah. tricks. Yeah. Uh, um, back when the Rangers were playing some years back, uh, Iron Man from Baltimore was playing and at, at uh, in, in Texas the game. So I took y'all, mm -hmm. all of us, to went and we went because we wanted to see him play. I mean, this this is a phenomenal game. He's about to retire, and we sat on the side of the visiting team. In a mid-afternoon game, the sun is beating you down and you're sweating. This is the so most terrible. miserable thing. So I came back talking to some of my fellow physicians saying, yeah, we went to the game and this is what happened. And they go, you never said the visiting team. What's wrong with you? You always said it on my team. And so you, again, that was a lesson you learned by visiting the team. Right. So I, and I haven't seen the new one for Texas, but I can see that. During that time, though, what I really wanted to do is visit Wrigley Field, mm -hmm. and I haven't. Yeah, yeah. And I haven't, and yeah. I feel the same way about Wrigley Field the way I feel about about Fenway. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. tradition. It's yeah. just it's something you sort of gotta do. Yeah. Uh, I've been over towards San Francisco when you were in college out there in in in, in Moraga. Then visiting uh, Oakland was was pretty cool. Yeah. And and then we didn't make it to a game for for the Giants, but we went by the stadium to check it mm -hmm. out and walked mm -hmm. it and so on. So there's several stadiums that I think still are high on my list. I think yeah. the Dodgers would be very cool to see. Yeah. Right, yeah, it's cool. I mean, I kind of miss the O'Shea Stadium. I'll miss it. They have the new stadium at the Yankees. Uh, but, but there's still some very beautiful places that are still historical that, I, that are on my list yeah. uh, to say, I, I'm going to make those games. I had envisioned this whole trip one year to just make the yeah. games. Oh, sort yeah. of follow the Astros yeah. team, but you want to follow more of that because you'll miss them. They won't get to play right. every team, but you want to go out and try to just to see the stadiums mm -hmm. and go see how they are. Uh, on TV, though, you can begin to see the influence of Minimate. Mm -hmm. Oh, for sure. Mm -hmm. Even yeah. you can. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah, they have like, oh, here's this Budweiser section or yeah. this beer section. Or I mean, section. if you look at Arlington, it's almost an exact It's exact, replica. except for the outside is hideous. Except for the George Foreman grill. Right. Roof, but otherwise, <laughs> it's the same. But yeah, those are those are some good picks. I'm probably on the top of my list. So until we're going to go. <laughs> yeah, we can already talk about this. Well, Steve and I talked to you like, oh, if we fly to St. Louis, we catch them here, and then we train to Chicago, yeah. and then, you know, you kind of try to map out. And you actually do St. Louis, Cincinnati, yeah. and Chicago. You go boom, boom, boom. Just hit all and you um, tell yeah. them. Uh, uh, your brother and I, and a friend of his, we did the Cleveland Indians. Uh-huh. He was visiting the university there to kind of check it out. And we went and visited, uh, went to the game, the Cleveland mm-hmm. Indians. They weren't playing, but they, we knew it didn't, didn't matter. Right. Want to get a feel for the stadium and so on. Right. Also, stadium and so on in the outdoors was very cold. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> very cold, very difficult. Get your seasons right. Well, but for those yeah, experiences, yeah, when you go is important. Right. Yeah. When you go is really important again. The one that looks super cool is in Toronto. I mean, I know mm-hmm. the wait list is very long, but they have those hotel rooms that, you know, you open oh, the blinds yeah. and they're, they're in the ballpark. Uh, the hotel rooms, and mm-hmm. then so you can open your blinds and you can watch batting practice from your hotel room. I think the waiting list is like three years. I don't. I don't even know the price of them, but that would be super super yeah. cool because that's so unique to to Toronto. And I feel like uh, like baseball uh, is in America. We underappreciate how much baseball is loved in Canada. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we were in Toronto not too long ago, a few years ago, with your brother and his wife. Just visited. And we were staying just, we could see the stadium from where we were staying. We weren't at that hotel because, as you say, there weren't any games going on, but there's so much happening in that area mm-hmm. in Toronto. It's a beautiful city, a lot of great restaurants down there. There's a lot to do. And I miss the idea of not having one in Montreal because Montreal, as a city itself, yeah. is just special. Beautiful. So, this is just the stadium, but what right. goes with it, right. again, getting back to a bit of history, right. Montreal history is spectacular. Yeah. It's just. To be part of it again, so I would envision more of those trips. Now, your mom or my wife Mary isn't quite into sports the way we are, so I have to sort of work around that. Right. <laughs> that but then I take her to games. Oh, I had so much fun! Yeah, you know, it was, it was the act of getting her in there. Yeah. But then she gets there. We took on well, like two years ago. Yeah, so we went yeah. The few times that she's been, she's yeah. actually said, "I've had, had a nice fun. time." Yeah. Why? Because it was family related. Yeah. yeah. That was more important to her than anything else. Yeah. Again, again, getting back to the concept of. It's bonding. It's bonding right. yeah. Well, and then, you know, her mom and her sister are heavy into softball, so sometimes I call my grandma up at 80 years old, oh, grandma, did you see the Astros game? And immediately she's going off, they should have done this, and they blew it, you know, she's already got Oh, grandma's energy. spectacular, and she knows her. I mean, I mean, Mary's mom was almost a professional uh, bowler. She was invited mm-hmm. to drive for the pony. She was that good. Wow. So she's heavy into sports, primarily with her daughters, but only softball. Mm-hmm. Now, what people don't really know is that Mary's brother was a really very good um, pony, I think, a pony pitcher. Mm-hmm. He was really, really quite special. Mm-hmm. He could, and he never pursued it and so on. So mm-hmm. then, but there was baseball in that family, mm-hmm. softball for mm-hmm. the girls and baseball for the, for the boys and so on. A real side note about that, about my grandma in bowling, she came to visit one time, and this was how I was, in, I think, in high school, right? Maybe being in college. And at that time, he and his friends would, were making bowling a, like a thing. For the listeners, there's not much to do in Lake Jackson. So he said, oh, Grandma, let's go bowling. Kind of thinking, all right, I can, I can play against Grandma. So she goes, okay. So yeah. they went and they come back and said, I said, how did you do? She creamed me. <laughs> she just oh, yeah. mopped the floor she 
she could play. She can play still. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Nice. So I got her excited about that. And she you like, know, sure. uh, unfortunately, that that whole we don't want to get off too far off into Bonner, but that those leagues <laughs> have really kind of have gone away, which right. is a, a real shame. Because right. a lot like baseball, it's very mm-hmm. bonded, right. friendships and families and so on. Right. So sports plays that role in our, in our lives. Right. Yeah. And those of us who enjoy it are a big part of it. We appreciate that the generation under us is also, we oh, see yeah. that with their children and their loved ones or cousins oh, or nieces, yeah. Yeah. that that's evolving too. And you know, you know, you can look back and say, they're going to be fine because they're going to have the same kind of bonds with their families mm-hmm. that, that we did. Yeah. And you're yeah. going to be fine. Yeah. I see that with Sydney. You tell her, no way, Jose. And she goes, yes way, Bregman. <laughs> Beautiful. That's just, that's okay, just. Okay, that's what I'm not mad at you anymore. Okay. <laughs> we should make that a thing. <laughs> I never have been a real big fan of um, autograph seeking. Mm-hmm. Oh, no? Oh, no. man. Uh, I, I appreciate it, but I've never been a big fan of it. I've always told myself that they're doing their job and they're yes, getting very yeah. nicely yes, paid for. Yeah. No different than I'm doing mine, but I don't give autographs. Right. So I want to appreciate them for how good they right. are, how well they are, but I don't want to idolize right. a player. That I, I want to sort of draw the line and keep them at a human being level. Right. Right. You make a mistake, it's your human being. It's right. okay. Right. So I don't want to be too much of an idolizer, but I really do think that when a five foot three, whatever he is, mm-hmm comes out of Venezuela and they tell him you can't play and goes on to win two batting titles. Mm-hmm. And oh, maybe he, right. he should be celebrated for sure. Yeah. yeah, so that's one, the one that I do appreciate when you got that for me. Mm-hmm. That, that's one that I really do. I hang it on my wall saying, this kid knows how to overcome difficulties. Mm-hmm. And we all need to sort of learn by that. That's mm-hmm. very, so I have just a couple of things that are autographed, maybe a baseball or two, but those stand out. Because mm-hmm. it isn't just the idea of being a, a college baseball player. You're an accomplished human being yeah. in order to overcome difficulties again. That's awesome. I won't tell the story now because we probably have a good amount about how I got that, that all too biograph. But when speaking of idolizing, because it is, you're right, it is hard not to do because I mean, I definitely was mad at all too this this postseason. But when we were at the academy, you get the autograph, and he, we've been there for hours, and he drives by. Guys, I immediately, I just start waving at him. And I, I look at my head and go, what am I doing? But it was just so like, Oh my God, it's Altuve, and like I could reach out and touch the car door. He's right there. It just, it didn't even think about it. I just like, I was like, I, my hand, who is moving my hand? Yeah. Kind of thing, because you do build up in your mind right. like, it, the, it, the, it, the it, Oh jeez, sorry. Oh jeez. Oh my gosh. Okay. No. And professional players of all kinds, of all types, have basically told us, not just baseball, but you know, we we don't want to be an idol either. We yeah. want to be able to be a human being right. and it's be that stressful. way too. It's, it's very it's stressful. We can't expect them to be perfect at everything that they do, right. whether it's the game or, or their lives and so on. So I think it's important for us to be understanding of them and give them a little bit of space mm-hmm. right. to be who they are. Right, right. Yeah. The, the expectations that you can set for them can be so high that only you're going to be disappointed. <laughs> well, I mean, look at like Garrett Cole at the Yankees. Yeah. You know, he has a couple, of course he's going to have a couple bad games, but... But the Yankees are hearing, well, one, they're Yankees fans. That's how they already are. But then you're hearing, well, God, this guy had this mini-game winning streak coming in, you know, and, and now all of a sudden he's losing. Now he must have been cheating at the Astros, mm-hmm. and they're booing him and things like he, You see him, he's almost in tears. Yeah. And it's like, man, he's just had a bad right. day at the office. Or what is the bad day is he gave up two homers, you yeah. know? It's well, not and, even that, that big of a And game. I always find that when I hear that sort of, you have lost the idea of baseball. Right. Baseball is a team sport. Right, right. I'm sorry. 
you can't blame one person when right. you lose. Right. I mean, those are two big ones in the. All those. <laughs> even with errors, I mean, yeah. You, I mean, the Boston Red Sox, when their first baseman made that error in the World Series, mm -hmm. I mean, they wanted to kill this poor guy. Right. Yeah. And he looks back now on how difficult that was, but how he's learned from it because he's a human being again. Right. So when I hear fans talk about this one person, it frustrates me. Because right. no, he didn't lose the whole team. Yeah. He, this is one play right. out of how many plays in that, in that right. whole game. So. Right. Right. Well, too, it also puts so much pressure on winning. Like, I still view 2019 as a success. I look That's at that way. Homer Altuve hit, you know, in game, in game six. It's an iconic moment in Astros history yeah. now. And it's like, could, I mean, the cheating scandal kind of ruins it, but it could be iconic in baseball history. We didn't win. Of course, we would like to, but it doesn't make the season any less special. But mm -hmm. some fans, when they get to that point of, oh, you know, you made an error, how dare you, things like that. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's the ring or bust. Yeah. And I think, like you said, it takes, oh, did you not, you just completely forgot the 160 games mm -hmm. you just enjoyed just because they lost the very last one. Well, but 30 like, other teams yeah. would be so glad to lose the games. I feel like that's what this podcast is about. Though. Right. It's about those memories and those moments that we have during the season, not just at the end. Right. It's not about game seven all the time. Right. So. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's the beauty. Because mm -hmm. after all, life is all about memories. Mm -hmm. And the Astros are part of your life memories. How wonderful. Mm -hmm. Right. Exactly. Because you know that you bonded with family, loved ones during mm -hmm. that time. You cheered or you cried, mm -hmm. whatever it was. I don't look at 2019 as anything that, other than a real success. And the reason I don't is because since the history of baseball, everybody has been trying to steal signs. Yeah. Period. Right. Period. Yeah. <laughs> some got caught and some haven't gotten caught. That's all there is to it. Mm -hmm. But they've been trying forever. So I don't see it that way. This isn't a Chicago White Sox moment where they threw the game on purpose. Right. Yeah. Right. You're not this, trying this to not play the game. At all. Again, right. And I'll, I'll always appreciate the Marlins manager when he was asked during one of the playoff games with the Astros about, does he feel like the Astros had the signs? And he said, you still got to hit the ball. Right. I don't care if you know the signs. Right. Right. Baseball is so difficult that even if you know what's coming, you still got to hit it. Well, Greggy's standing on the mound telling him, telling him <laughs> about what he's going to Purple, purple. Yeah. Right. So that's why I still see 2019 as a really special time. Right. And it's got an asterisk in it. All right. Or 2017. Or 2017, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then all the rest of them from there. But but I don't look at it as something really horrific as with the scandal of the White right. Sox. Right. Do it that way. I agree. Right. Yeah. Cool. Well, what other questions do we have? Do we have? Oh. We kind of got through them all, I think. So I did have one that we didn't put on the list because I just think it's hilarious. Okay. But how much time do you think you gained by leaving in the eighth inning every game? <laughs> <laughs> so remember, you know, I, I know I've heard this one kind of a little bit fun of me, which I enjoy. That's wonderful. But remember I said earlier, I like to go to bed by 10. <laughs> right, so I'm still, it's you know. <laughs> yes, but, but because we live an hour and a half away almost. Yeah. Um, so for me, it's like I have a radio. It works well. Right. I can listen to the game. But I've got to get some rest because I've got to go see patients already in the morning the next right, morning. Yeah. So it's always been sort of I have to run out of no choice because I have to respect my profession, which, right. which is also challenging in itself. And that's been the big thing. So I would say I made up about an hour and a half per game. <laughs> what, what would it take, though, to, like, let's say we did get a World Series no, 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 ticket. Say, say it's a regular season game, but McCullers is throwing a perfect game. Right, yeah, something I like ain't that. Even. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Okay, but you missed the whole point. I'm retired. 
But I was in retirement, I said, I can listen to it. <laughs> see, my dad would say, well, I can't see well at night. <laughs> Coming home with me. I still enjoy, if I'm not watching the Astros during some of the games, and I'm doing some outside work, I'll put the radio on. The radio. Oh, and, yeah, I, and I hear you talk about it. I enjoy the radio. Yeah. Yeah. I can picture what they're saying, what they're talking about it. Those guys do a great job of carrying me through the game. Yeah. And I enjoy listening. It makes you picture it instead of just watching it. Yeah, it's definitely a different experience. It really is. It, it, um, that's actually where I learned a lot of my baseball knowledge was we were listening to Robert Ford and Steve Sparks when mm-hmm. I moved to Houston. That's where I, most of what I know is from 2014 yeah. on and listening to them because they know, like you said, not even just like tactically speaking, but they, they're like, oh, this player, 1945, this, or, you know, how do you keep that? Oh, we met. Steve Sparks and Stevie asked him, who helps you mid-game get that information? He's nobody. Robert Ford and I look it up yeah. in the game when they start talking. So they have some kind of things already planned. You know, oh, well, we're playing this team and it's the special day for this team or this pitcher, those types of things. Mm-hmm. But you know how they just start chatting? They bring something up. They just look it up themselves. That's they do all of it themselves. So I think he makes even more impressive yeah. type thing. I appreciate a long drive. Mm-hmm. And having a oh yeah you know, one of my I follow you know the Astros for sure that's my baseball team I have a football team that I don't follow anywhere near what I used to mm-hmm. at all I, yeah. I'm not a professional football fan as much as I used to be but I'm I'm very much a, a college football and basketball fan mm-hmm. very much so those are my radio stations if I'm on a long trip I enjoy it, it keeps me awake keeps me alert keeps yeah. me going. there's still a very nice art right to broadcast in a game on the radio oh for sure. For sure. It's so wonderful. It's yeah. funny, someone was tweeting the other day about rewatching the Oakland series from this year. And it, I did not until I saw that tweet where I thought, oh, I didn't watch it because I had listened to all of the games. Yeah. And I had to tell myself, oh, I, I should go rewatch. I should go watch that on YouTube because I never saw any, but I never felt like, because you never feel like you miss out on anything. Yeah. I never stopped to think. I never actually saw that with my eyes. Mm-hmm. I just heard it until I saw him tweet that. <laughs> That's how much, the, that's how well they do. I yeah. never thought I was missing out on anything. They do paint a, a very Yeah, the nice mental picture is just as good to me. It's just, just wonderful. Yeah. And I enjoy it. I can, I can anticipate it. I can watch it and see it that way through a radio to listen to it. Yeah. yeah. So there, that's my hour and a half that I would gain from that. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever you see you have McCullers thrown in, right? And then, okay, Dad, McCullers is on. Clearly, if it's historical. Yeah. Yeah, it's probably you should say. Well, right. but we we actually left. Uh, we had taken Sydney to a game, and it was, I think we were in the sixth or seventh inning, and Cologne for the Rangers was throwing a perfect game, and he was oh, like, wow. "We gotta go. We just I can't watch this anymore." Well, then we they don't have leave. to because you want to you want to mess it up for him, you know. <laughs> yeah, we had to leave, but okay. he did not. We left. And Andy probably doesn't want me to say it because we did have a conversation. We took Andy, my sister, to game two of the 2019 ALCS. And we've been hyping up, oh, Andy, it's so fun. It's worth the money. It's worth the money. We go. And you guys know that game. It was a Sunday night. You know, poor Andy drove from Lake Jackson. She's got to get up and drive in the morning. So we're keeping that. I work the next morning. I think Stevie took off. I don't know. Um, You know, it's already so long. It goes into extras. Like, okay. So we left before the Korea homer, Ooh. and I felt so bad uh. because I was like, "Man, I, I did. This. I got my sister here and do this, and and she did well. She was like, oh, she was a little bummed. I was like, 
Well, first of all, don't tell anybody. So, lips <laughs> listeners, don't tell anybody. You say you were there. But I was like, also, it is, you like you say, you get older. It's legitimate. I don't want her to stay up another little right. bit later and you get through traffic and then she's got to go to work. Yeah. And which, which gets us back to they can shave off a few minutes of the game. That's, That's perfect. Fun. <laughs> <laughs> so, ignore no, I said you were there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But yeah. um, no, but we thank you. I thank yes. you for my earliest memories of baseball are because of you. So I thank you for introducing us to the game and and continuing the legacy of, of being Astros. And now you really know it was your mom. It was my yeah. mom. Okay. <laughs> a nice way to keep having. Well, not that you'd ever feel like you don't have a thing to talk about, but it's always nice to bring her up. You know, yeah. through something yeah. so normal like watching the. Oh. Yeah. That's actually very well put because if we can get a past the concept of arguing about religion and politics, sports yeah. is a whole different conversation that's just kind of wonderful. Right. Only when only when the ants know the difference between a Bergman and a Bregman. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we both have to be engaged. <laughs> well, I think this was a fantastic episode. Thank you for, thank you yeah. for letting I really us enjoyed it. Yeah. And I've enjoyed the podcast a lot. <laughs> Keep it up. I can't wait till it really starts. I know. Yeah. But what are your thoughts on free agency before we, we let you Yeah, because that's where... So I'm not, I'm not up to date as much as y'all are. Okay, so for some reason, we got cut off there at the end. We've gone over an hour before, and it's never happened to us, but whatever. We are dealing with the power outage. That just tells you how much of pros we are, that here we are, a power outage... I crash and totally break a shelf in the middle of it. That's the noise you heard. There and were dogs. There were kids. Right. I mean, we're still here giving you guys quality, quality and content. And the door won't shut. Yeah. Go ahead. Just, just. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. So, so thanks to Dan for that. That was really. That was a great that was episode. Nice. I yeah. Was, I. I also I'm like, man, can we go on all these conferences with you right. that you're like, oh, oh, I have a quote medical conference. It's like instead of like. That's his secret thing that he's doing. That his secret life that he's doing. He's just going to baseball games. <laughs> well, good on him for right, the company yeah. paying for it. That's, right. that's good. That's like very it. true. I'm going to start planning conferences to <laughs> Seattle and Toronto. They're like, yeah. oh, we have this really important conference to go to. It's like, I don't, like, I don't even know. Like Portland, Oregon. I'm like, no, thank you. Right. Um, so yeah, no, we were really happy with the way that episode came out and we're excited for next week too. You want to go ahead and talk about what we're going to do? Yes. Well, we're going to think we're going to do our gift guide next week. So that way you guys can already start thinking about your Christmas shopping. I know there are a lot of deals now, but there should probably still be some. We're going to preview, like we said, you know, official MLB gear, Astros gear, got some pictures for you guys and then some of the local um houston shops that we like yeah, shop um, small if you can they have right. some, look up some of the the smaller ones this week particularly for black friday deals but other, or otherwise pay full price it's a small companies right and there's really some matter. really really cool like houston things yeah. that feel like your street cred will skyrocket with the <laughs> list we give you let's yes. say it that way yes yeah. for sure I'm, I'm excited about that episode too yes and then after that um, you know, free agency has been going so slow. We'll yeah. see if we can make it work. If right. not, we'll just postpone it some more. I we'll, don't know. We'll just say that if you heard the rumor about the Korea trade, don't worry. That's wait, wait. just if you heard the rumor and fell for it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it was scary. It was scary for a minute because yeah. it was also right after we found out that Charlie Morton signed yeah. with the Braves and will not be fulfilling our dreams. Did you see that they they made a T-shirt already like, the next day? It was yeah. like Charlie freaking Morton. Right. They still like, take yeah. it back. Tampa did it too. They all just, you know, oh, well, we don't That's his Astro nickname. It is. 
It very much is. It's so anyway. annoying. Oh, we don't like your stolen signs. So we'll take all your players and all the cool <laughs> things attached to it. Thank you. Exactly. Um, so, yes, yeah, so we'll have that. Hopefully, we'll have another guest for you guys. Um, but, yeah, still nothing big. So, um, thanks for listening. If it was yeah. a weird cutoff, sorry about that. But you got a lot of good content. Anyway, you did. So. You did. So, uh, thanks for listening, and we will see you later. See you later. See you later.